G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Most of us believe in some sense of destiny, some sense of calling. Of course, that's all well and good in theory, but in practice, life just seems to grind on and the reality is that most people have lost any sense they may have had that God has a call on their lives. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be back with you again. Today on the program, we're going to be taking a look at God's call on your life from a different perspective. It's true, isn't it? We'd all love to think that there's some, I don't know, destiny for our lives, some call that there is to fulfil, that somehow there's a point to life, that when we're gone, we'll have left our mark, that our lives will have had some significance, some purpose. That's what we'd like to think. But the cold, harsh reality for most people is that the sheer grind of daily life obscures any altruistic narrative that we might have had for our lives. I remember as a young man, 17, 18, 19, I had all sorts of hopes and dreams for the future. But by the time your mid-twenties are over and done with, and you're married with a mortgage, with children, trying to carve out a career, dealing with the pressures of work and family and, and finance and all that stuff... It's head down, ploughing through it all, expending all your energy on just getting through each day. So you get to the weekend, you flop on the lounge exhausted, you have to do the shopping and the cleaning and and run the children around here and there and everywhere else, mow the lawn perhaps, just so you can get back into it again on Monday. And so day by day, week by week, month by month and even year by year, life just slips inexorably by until all of a sudden you look up and and 10 years has gone by, and then another 10 years, and then another, and before you realise it, you're looking back on a life of what exactly? Just eking out an existence? Just just making it by? That's the reality for most people, isn't it? Living a life that doesn't seem to count for much, a life that, that doesn't seem to make much of an impact in this world. The reality is that dragging ourselves out of our comfort zones is not at all easy. When the ordinariness of life appears to be so demanding, and yet strangely at the same time, so alluring. There's there's an inertia about your life when it comes to stepping out and following God, isn't there? That's certainly what Moses found. Forty years of living in Pharaoh's house in in privilege and in comfort, then forty years living in wilderness, tending the sheep, so that by the time God comes to him and calls him to step up to the mark, Moses is a burnt-out old wreck without any self-confidence whatsoever in his own abilities and giftings and the call of God. By the time God comes to him to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go, Moses, well, you'd have to say, is pretty well convinced that he's over the hill. You'd think that he'd be jumping at the chance to do something of significance, but not so. Have a listen. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1-10. to Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. 
then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and, and see why the bush isn't burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then God said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you're standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know all their suffering. And I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I'll be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship me on this mountain. So there, there was a pressing need. It spoke right into Moses' heart for his people, and yet his first reaction was, in effect, to say, God, you, you're kidding me, right? And if you read on, you'll see that he came up with at least four more excuses why it wouldn't be a good idea for God to send him, of all people, despite the miracles of power that God showed him, to the point where God became angry with Moses. Have a listen. Exodus chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. But Moses said, this is excuse number five, Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of God was kindled against Moses. And he said, What of your brother Aaron, the Levite? And see, that's often the way with us too. Sure, it's fine to dream about the amazing things that God's going to do through us one day. One day, a long way in the future. And oh, by the way, in our dreams, there are never any challenges or obstacles. It's always plain sailing. But when that day comes, when God finally comes along and taps you on the shoulder, when dreaming goes from comfortable soft sofa to getting out there on the dusty hard road with Jesus, what, me? God, surely you should send someone else, someone far better qualified than me. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 29. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not, not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what was foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing the things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. See, that's the truth of the matter. God calls simple people like you and me to do the things he wants done on this earth. Bog, ordinary people like you and me to do and to achieve absolutely extraordinary things through the extraordinary power of an extraordinary God. Don't miss out on that day. Don't ignore God's call on your life. Because if you do, one day you'll be looking back on a wasted life. And what a tragedy that would be. I distinctly remember when God was in the process of calling me out of my comfortable, affluent IT consulting career into full-time ministry. You know, it wasn't an easy step to make. It was about going from lots of money to a ministry that was ailing and failing at the time. It was about leaving my career behind, my reputation behind, everything I'd worked so hard for for over 20 years 
behind. And a dear friend of mine, Dave Hansen, who now lives in Kansas City, serving the Lord there, sent me a book called Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. I read that book and was so deeply convinced of the horror of a wasted life, the horror of coming to the end and looking back on a life of regret, a series of what-if-I-had decisions, that I took the step. Now, now look, not everyone, praise God, is called to full-time ministry. Some people are called to sacrifice in other ways, to give generously, to to serve as leaders at their church, to, to help the poor, the needy, the homeless, the hurting, each according to the gifts and the abilities and the resources that the Lord our God has entrusted us with. But let me come back to my definition of a wasted life. It's a life where we don't do what God has called us to do, a life where we waste our resources and our gifts and our energies on ourselves rather than as God had planned. It is the most unfulfilling life. It's a waste. Remember, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he prepared beforehand for us to walk into. So, how are you going to spend the rest of your life? with the power to transform your life, to help you be all that God made you to be. And that's what the Fresh Daily Devotional is all about. It's completely free and I'd love to send it to you. Each day you'll receive a life-changing scripture together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement from me delivered right to your inbox where you can choose to read, listen or watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. Remember, God's word is the power to change and it's fresh for you each day. You can subscribe to receive your free daily devotional at freshdevotional.org or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed devotional if that works better for you. Again, that's freshdevotional.org or 1-300-722-415. My prayer is that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through the power of his word. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.